Hey everyone, it's Emily, your favorite water-loving oracle. I just wanted to come on here and make sure that all of you are following us on social media for Reddit, Instagram, and Facebook. We're at Hideous Laughter, and on Twitter, we're at Laughter Hideous. That way, you'll stay up to date on all of our shenanigans as we go into this holiday season. On this first day of Christmas, the HLP gives to you one Mimic Coffin in episode 70, Sincerest Form of Flattery. Do you like liquor and things that go boo? Then buckle up, listener, because this one's for you. Prepare yourself for the Hideous Laughter Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hideous Laughter Podcast, episode 70. That's a big ass sounding number, isn't it? 70. It's a lot. It's a lot. Speaking of a lot, Steve, what are you drinking, bud? Oh, thanks, Griff. Um, I am drinking uh, something that has me excited for two reasons. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, This is from Evil Twin Brewing. This is the Imperial Wedding Cake Break. It is a Vanilla porter with coffee, vanilla, almonds, and wedding cake added. I've had one of these before. They're pretty tasty. But those two reasons I'm excited for. One, Imperial reminds me of Star Wars. Very cool. And uh, Evil Twin. So uh, if you guys want to find out what I'm vaguely alluding to with my twin, uh, subscribe to our Patreon at the $10 <laughs> tier up. You'll find out. Speaking of someone who's probably the Evil Twin, if you had one. Brooks, what you drinking, dude? Oh, thanks. I appreciate that, Griffin. You do? You I, I take appreciate pride being in that. called I take the evil twin? That. Okay, that's fair. I mean... Everybody's got to have a, you know, a thing. It, it's not always easy being evil, is what this, how the saying goes. Yeah. I mean, that they say that all the time. I think <laughs> Kermit the Frog sings a song about it. <laughs> <laughs> but... uh Past uh, weekend or last weekend or whatever, I bought the Sam Adams holiday pack and I've got a couple of those. Um, starting with the uh, Sam 76. It's very good. Nice. I don't have a good transition for this one. <laughs> uh, so fuck you, Haley. What are you doing? <laughs> Why? You're so rude. I left it pretty vague with good. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks. Um, I'm drinking, I'm very tired, so I'm drinking an iced coffee and a Mountain Java Moonshine. That sounds like a pretty damn good combo. It's it's fantastic. Mostly cream? I mean, it's a, like, it's a cream liqueur, so it's a cream liqueur with coffee, so yeah. Um, but there, we, we like went, and Griffin and I both went to Gatlinburg, and we went moonshine tasting, and bought tons of moonshine, like way, way too much. Yeah, they gave us a free cooler because of the amount we bought. <laughs> so you're not going to be able to carry this home. 
That is true, yes. It's on wheels. That's very on brand. <laughs> very on Bought enough liquor to get, to get a free cooler. Yeah, the whole time Haley's like, oh yeah, we have so many, we're going to give it to so many friends. For sure, totally. Totally going to give it to friends. It was a good it's way to justify be the five of us and Chris drinking it. <laughs> yeah, when I say friends, I mean like the people in this room plus Chris. Just gallons of hard liquor. <laughs> nice. We don't have friends. We have family. God. <laughs> we, yes. we all drink uh, moonshine together. <laughs> Did you get the Corona flavor? Oh. <laughs> corona flavor. I did. I got margarita flavor. Perfect. That'll do. Or get that with the splash of yeah. lime. We don't have friends. We only have brothers and sisters. What? And, I don't understand. Well, and then and then some of us are dating, and so then it would be more of a moonshine esque type oh, of. Okay, oh. yeah, like man, that was a that, that was some real real mental gymnastics. Real mental gymnastics. You needed a, a higher one. acrobatics check than crossing that bridge <laughs> to get to the punchline of that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking uh, something my buddy Steve got me. Uh, he found a new flavor pack of Vive, which is quickly becoming my favorite Seltzy flavor or Seltzy brand. And this one's Black Raspberry, which I'm pretty hyped for because that sounds like a good flavor. Listener at home, this is the first time he's ever trying it. So you get on a genuine reaction here. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Good. Speaking of people I like, Emily, what are you drinking? Aw, Thanks. This week, I'm very thankful to have the Specimen Jar, which is a white wine sangria complete with some fruit and little fish in it, so it really is a specimen jar. This is fucked, listeners. Mm -hmm. This is real fucked of you. Last week, fucking hot dog water. This you week, brought it on yourself. This Don't week, count last week. The shit that was on the pole. There were even worse things on this pole for Emily. She got yeah. fucking sangria. Are you yeah. kidding me? Oh, I was really hoping I'd get this one. This she was my drink top she choice. She could buy at a restaurant. Oh, but I added fish to it. Little Swedish fish. Oh. My favorite candy. Okay. I'm sure that makes it taste wow. so much more foul. I believe this is. it's time to reopen the investigation of <laughs> the malpractice and fraud in the drink polls. Um, I finally got through the Brooks facial hair situation. I finally responded to all of the uproar about ULGY, and now I'm ready to address <laughs> this question. I would like to propose a ruling that will have to be ratified by a majority count of HLP team members that from now on, the drink polls go first in, first out. No selections for special people except Haley because she's got other problems to worry about. I. 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 This will make the drink pull a lot easier. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll yeah, try it out I. for a while. We'll try it out for a while. See how it works. All right. So first in, first out. Meeting. Yeah, but no, not this easy shit. We got to pull some shit out of the dregs that we have not drank yet. Emily, we're going to need you go, to go back to the oldest drinks that we have not used on the poll. Review the tape. We're make the make the poll all listener suggestions. You that, three are really for this because neither of you or none of you have to drink next week. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Haley, that's that's a uh, very bold of someone who didn't drink hot dog water and grandma's ashtray to say. Correct. I didn't have to. So I don't know why you're <laughs> complaining. 
I guess uh, we're going to go down to the bottom of our list, which is probably not great. Oh, it's, it's got to be real bad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I'm this right now. On. The next time the next time Emily gets a uh, a freaking uh, foo-foo, shitty, super easy beverage, well, it's not going to go well for Lyra. <laughs> oh, come on. That's an abuse of power. That is an abuse of power. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty excited because I already drank my uh, cinnamon schnapps, ouzo water. That's true. Yeah. yeah the liquid, well, those are off the list. Cocaine. Yeah, those are now yeah. off the list. Yeah. yeah. I got but, taken like, care those of. were like the bad ones on the list. So all of the list was relatively good beyond that. Oh, no. We do also get uh, other drink suggestions that contain ouzo. Yeah. Ick farts on there, too. Yep. But we shouldn't have to come into that one for a long time because we're going back to the beginning of the list. That's true. And, you know, speaking of this list and this whole debacle, we have two people that need to roll off. Brooks, Haley, give me your rolls. I got a, I got above 10. I didn't get a one, but I got a two. <laughs> <laughs> so Brooks is up next. Yeah. So, guys, last episode was a pretty fun one. We did some exploring. We found some pretty cool items. And we ended with Matumbe actually getting to use his Osiriani, which he... So glad I took it now. Yeah, he took it level one. <laughs> um, and he kind of reached out to feel the hieroglyphs of this sarcophagus and realized that they weren't really saying anything that he could discern. It didn't even seem like they were real hieroglyphs. They seemed like a cheap copy, like a mimic. The sincerest form of flattery. (laughs) (laughs) And so Matumbe's hand, as he goes to pull it away, remains stuck fast to the sarcophagus. But before we get into this combat and get into our initiative, I want to jump in the Wayback Machine. So we fade out as Matumbe struggles to remove his hand from the sarcophagus. And we hear the sounds of the Mohangi. The Savannah Village is quiet in the mid-afternoon sun. Dirt having seen no rain in weeks, baking in the dry heat. This village's existence is one of hunting and gathering. None of the village's inhabitants remain at this hour, save those too young to hunt or too frail to forage. Suddenly the calm is shattered, as a middle-aged Mwangi man, clad in skins and totems, burst from the village's shaman hut, nearly tearing the door from its frame. Ibwe charges out past the outlying huts, his communion with the spirit world shattered by the account of one of the community's children who had interrupted his daily ritual. Arms pumping, the Mwangi man picks up speed, but knows he's likely too late. And even if he can catch his quarry, a solitary fighter like himself will be quickly overcome, regardless of how many spirits stand behind him. A staff in one hand and a dark wood broken spear in the other, Ibwe charges forward, knowing that death may await him. But he cannot sit by while more of his people are taken into oppression and servitude. 
Suddenly, he sees a figure headed in his direction. A hunter, returning early from his quest, staggering beneath the weight of his catch. A surprising large cockatrice. Ibwe knows the figure is barely of hunting age, and for a brief moment feels disbelief in the knowledge that the hunter is returning so early with such a fine catch, but pushes a feeling down, realizing that this lone hunter might be able to help him overcome the upcoming conflict. Motumbe! Ibwe shouts without breaking stride. Follow me, the Bekia have returned. They've taken several of our foragers and are headed west to rendezvous with the consortium. If we hurry, we may still be able to catch them. A young Matumbe drops his prey and without question falls in line behind his elder. Take this, shouts Ibwe, not even looking at Matumbe as he thrusts the dark wood spear into his hands. I'll fight with the spirits at my side, but I'm afraid you'll have to rely on a more conventional mean. The two run to the point of near exhaustion. Cresting one final hill, they spy their fellow community members, tied and gagged, slowly walking single file as the savage Bekiar people crack whips around them, tormenting them to make haste. The Bekiar are too caught up with harassing their prey to notice the two frenzied Mwangi until it's too late to stop the massacre. Matumbe charges in, the broken end of his spear impaling a Bekiar through the back of his tribal dress, gore fountain out of the man's chest from his ruined heart and spilling into the cracked dirt. Ibwe charges in less directly. On approach, he calls to his ancestors, and on a perfectly clear day in the Mwangi expanse, lightning explodes from the heavens, turning two would-be slavers into ash. The remaining Bekiar panic, scattering to the hills as Ibwe pummels those who remain with thorn-enhanced fists and Matumbe wields his spears with the telltale deadly aim of a true hunter. With no foes remaining, the two rush to offer aid to their brethren and battered fellow villagers, but one young woman had already let herself free in the preceding melee. A dead Bekiar at her feet strangled by the restraints she had somehow managed to slip free from. Wasting no time, the young woman turns and begins to set her people free before the men can assist. In this moment, Matumbe notices her resilience and tenacity in the heat of battle, yet he also notices her stunning beauty. Struck as if by one of Ibwe's lightning bolts, Matumbe knows this woman named Noma after one of the brightest stars in the night sky, daughter to the chieftain of their tribe and next in line to lead their village, is the woman he's destined to spend the rest of his life with. And then we fade back. Parocard. Oh, thanks, Griff. Oof. Did you write that just because you knew you'd get a hero card and you feel like you need one? Uh, actually, no. <laughs> well, no, but yeah, also, yes. Don't you mention it? <laughs> I just thought it would be a, a good time to get a little backstory out before I lose a hand. Because I don't know if anybody else has seen the movie The Mummy Returns, but there's a very similar scene to this towards the end where somebody sticks their hand somewhere they shouldn't and it gets, like, eaten off. Oh, you'd like me to chop off your hand? No, see, that's not at all what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm likening the moment in The Mummy Returns to this mimic 
but we can talk after if we want to do something like that. Okay. Um, I saw something very similar in a hot tub. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> All right. This one is called the Queen Mother. Um, it's a giant ant-looking uh, lady who has a bunch of grubs around her. It looks to be a neutral card. Um, and uh, that's exciting. And kind right. of in line, too, with uh, Matumbe meeting his queen. All right. So everybody, please roll me those initiatives if you didn't last episode. Behind the back. All right, Lyra, what you working with? 14. How about Matumbe? Matumbe is up to a 13. What's your modifier? A five. Roll off. Oh, boy. I got a 15 on the die. I got a natural 20. All right. Ick. 20. E. Four. All right. First thing that's going to happen is I need Matumbe to roll me a reflex save. Okay. I that's, that's I don't think it's going to do it with a 14. It does not. I'm sorry. That's a 17 with my three allies around me. With your three allies around you, you wear gauntlets, correct, on your armor? Yeah, they're part of it. So your gauntlet appears to fuse to the sarcophagus, but you're able to deftly slide your hand right out of it and back onto your book, and you are not stuck to the mimic in front of you, although your gauntlet is. Oh, my. The chains of the Bekia people will not hold my Noma, and you will not hold me. That was, uh, that's clutch. That's clutch. Ikmer, you're first to act. Make a perception check. Twelve. You don't really notice anything besides the mimic in front of you that nearly takes the hand off of your good friend. Well, based on the position that he's in, he cannot reach the the mimic in any way. So, I think I'm just going to delay until somebody moves up so that we can all just surround it in a minute. Uh, until Okay, so you're going to delay and the first person that moves up past it, you're going to step into their spot. Yeah. Okay. Lyra, you're up. What knowledge would Lyra roll to know more about this mimic? Lyra would roll a... Sure as hell isn't a knowledge history because it's not real Osiriani. <laughs> That's definitely right. I believe it's a dungeoneering... I don't have dungeoneering. That's unfortunate. Instead, Lyra is standing very close to this mimic that almost engulfed Matumbe. She doesn't like that. So she's going to take a five-foot step back right next to Ikmer, which then frees up a spot. Okay. 
when you do this, well, finish your turn and then Ikmer's delayed will take effect. And in order to help the party overall, because she doesn't really know exactly what's going on, she's just going to start singing. Always a good plan. Ikmer, your delayed action is available. You can step up. That's exactly what I will do. And then hit with my sword. The metal dice is going to be my first hit. And I am so glad because that's a natty 20. Okay. Roll to confirm. Mitsumbe would like to add a plus four to this confirmation roll because you are within 10 feet of me. Hell yeah. Judicious force. I'll mark it one down used today. 16 on the die. That will confirm. Fantastic. All right. Average damage. 21. Okay. The second hit definitely doesn't hit with a one. Okay. Uh. <laughs> real uh, <laughs> real wheel and woe over there. That's right. Okay, so Ikmer is gone. It's now Matumbe's turn. Oh, actually, Ikmer, you need to make me a reflex save after uh, your first swing. 17 off the die. Plus five. You're good, but you feel it dig into the mimic, and it it feels a little difficult to pull it back. Okay. Your sword. Sticky bugger. Matumbe, you're up. Okay. Uh, right off the rip, knowledge dungeoneering. It's pretty good for me. I think that's going to do it. Uh, that's going to be a 26. Yeah, a 26 will net you... Three questions. Wow. Okay. Um, first of all, special defenses. Always my first question. Uh, special defenses, I will consider this... Um, well, it's immune to acid. And um, that's only that's its only real special defense. That's fair. What else you want? Everybody likes hearing special attacks. So what you got? All right. It's adhesive is also a part of its attack. So it can, if it hits you, it grapples you for free. Okay. Does not roll again on the grapple. You're stuck. It also has constrict. Ah, okay. And then I'm going to kick this to the rest of the group. Anything you guys want to know specifically, weakest save. Um, there's rarely weaknesses, but maybe that. Why? Anything in particular. Why did my sword stick? That would be special abilities. Special abilities? Sure. Special abilities, it has an adhesive on it. Anytime you attack it with a melee weapon, that weapon has a chance of sticking to it, barring a successful reflex save. Natural attacks stick you to the mimic and cause you to be grappled with it. You must make a strength check or an escape artist check to get out of this adhesive, but it is very difficult. All right. He's going to very simply shout to the rest of the crew, Ass is not going to work against this thing, and if you hit it, you may lose your weapon. Be careful, and you may lose your gauntlets like I lost my gauntlet. I'm getting that back. Um, and I don't really have a whole lot of options, so what I'm going to do is take a swing at this thing with the holy book. Okay. I don't think I'm going to hit with a net 11. Yeah, that will not hit. Yeah. All right, you moving at all? I don't think so. I think I'm in a, I think I'm in a good spot. Okay. 
it is the mimic's turn. The mimic attacks its first prey. It has part of Matumbe's gear on it, and it just the the maw, the opening of the sarcophagus, you can see the teeth form and the tongue loll out of it as it slams into Matumbe. I don't think it hits Matumbe, though. Only 18. No, sir. That won't do it. So it doesn't hit Matumbe, and it's going to it's going to stay right there. It doesn't have a good way of getting away from you guys as you've completely surrounded it at this point. Oh, does this mimic actually have legs? It can move. Yeah, it's kind of like an amalgamation that's currently shape-shifted as a sarcophagus. So think of, like, not quite an ooze, but something, like, that could move probably without prominent legs. Okay. I was just kind of curious, just because the, the mini is just a sarcophagi, and I was thinking, hey, well, if we take five feet step back, uh, we could, you know, get out of the combat. I'll describe <laughs> what happens when it moves. <laughs> okay. Um, next thing to happen, you hear a creak and a bang from behind you. Please place this at the other sarcophagus. As a mummy groans the out, returns. I called it. <laughs> groans out of the sarcophagus, it used its move action to open the sarcophagus, and it looks at Eclipse because she is right by the stairs. You hear it mumble something to itself. Matumbe, you can barely pick up that it's definitely some ancient Osiriani. Um, words that it's saying it puts out a fist and you see a gleam of metal and then Eclipse you feel this strong almost wind like and then solid force first thing that happens I hate mummies was that you or Ikma both you take 14 points of damage First off, boo! It's one of my favorite inside jokes in my Rise of the Rune Lord game. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed it was because of Ikmer's mummy problems. Oh, oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> and then does a thirty beat your CMD? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. By how much? Is this again? Is this anything in particular? It's against a bull rush. Oh, um, then it will beat it by eight. Is that taking into? I imagine that takes into account your size penalty. My CMD, right? Yes. It, yeah. It should yeah, have yeah, it factored yeah. in as a small person. Yeah. So don't you worry. are pushed ten feet, and you need to make. A reflex save. As you are pushed onto the sp- this spiral staircase, you see it opens up over the water. This spiral staircase is not enclosed by the structure. And so you're going to want to hang on to the rail. Okay. 17? You, the rail, you're almost too small like you almost fit right through the gap between the stairs and the rail because the rail is at a normal person's like chest but you're able to reach up and you brace 
and this force is pushing behind you and it's bowing your back. But you hold fast and it is your turn. So right now I can't... I Can I not move or is that like a single like... It was trying to push you off. So now it's It done. did not succeed. You are on the stairs right now. But it's not actively pushing at me. No, like it's not it's an not. active it's, like, it's wind like a, It's a command bull rush. Like if I were to bull rush you with a... Um, like with a regular right now. Bull rush. All right, I'm coming over the table. <laughs> I need to go attack the mummy um, for um, two reasons. One, it attacked me. And two... Uh, Eclipse has butterfingers. As in, uh, I've got a minus four when anybody tries to steal or disarm from me. So, I'd oh. like to not attack the sticky sarcophagus. Oh, that makes like way too much sense. Yeah, get out of here. Okay. Yep. So, how far away am I? I can't. I can't see over the. You're sarcophagus. five, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five. I think. Yeah. If I counted that correctly. Yeah. I'll move up 20. Okay. It makes an attack of opportunity on you, the uh, sarcophagus. Okay. There's a 25 hit. Yep. Well, you don't move anywhere. You're grappled next to it. It deals nine points of damage initially, and then you begin to be constricted. And it deals another 16 points of damage. Shit! Whoa. But it is grappled now. So sorry, Eclipse, that uh, you attempted to move. That didn't pan out. What would you like to do with your standard action? Can I try and escape? You can try and break the grapple with a CMB check or an escape artist check. Yes. It is made difficult by the adhesive, but it's not impossible. All right. So I will try a CMB. Didn't roll great, so 16. Yeah, 16 does not break out. So make sure you pop on that grapple condition. Lyra, you're up. Uh, Knowledge on the mummy, would that be knowledge religion? Yes, that would be religion. Fourteen? The fourteen, you don't know anything about the mummy, other than that it's a mummy. Lyra is going to turn around and face the mummy. She's going to throw, she throws out her hand. And on a bit of a whim, she casts Burst of Radiance and says, Your path diverts the other way. Okay. Uh, So it needs to make... Reflex? Yes. How's a 21 treat you? That saves, so it is dazzled for four rounds. Okay. And is this an evil creature? It is. Yay! 17 points of damage. Okay. Ikmer. Oh, wait. Did you move closer to the mummy? No, you're right where you are. No, right? she okay. did not move, but I don't believe she's uh, threatened by anybody. Nope. Ick. I kind of feel like I have to go after this mummy. Does that I'm make cool sense? with that. I like getting that constrict damage. 
something else, I feel like something else needs to hit in its face so it doesn't keep doing these bursts. Or force pushes. Yeah. Okay, uh, I will move away from the sarcophagi mimic. Okay. And you move five feet towards the mummy. Correct. I need you to make me a will save. Wait, you're just moving five feet? Well, just he entered the. Um, oh, okay, okay. I'm not going to punish you guys for already being in the aura because the mummy just went, but now anybody that moves towards it is going to be in its aura. Okay. Okay. Because he's within 30 feet, right? Yeah, I think everybody is. Dang it. I don't have my tenacious ability up. Okay, let's see what you got. Pretty bad at nine. Okay, you're paralyzed with fear. Oh, you would have gotten up. It's a plus two against fear effects. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. It's way too low. (laughs) And you are that way for two rounds. Okay. Good times. All right, Matumbe. All right. This is... uh, I, I went into this session thinking that I might have a, an initial problem with uh, with this mimic, but then this was kind of going to be a little bit of a mop-up. That's not the case. This got pretty deadly pretty fast. Um, I, th- I think Matumbe's going to keep walloping on this mimic. I don't like that it does constrict damage to Eclipse. Okay. Um, we got we to gotta get rid of this thing. And he's right in front of it, too. Yep. So, swinging with the book, I think this is going to hit. I got a 16 on the die. That'll hit. Sweet. Uh, Go ahead and roll your damage, but then roll me a reflex save. This time, you're still next to all your friends. Yep. So, damage is going to be kind of crappy for the book. It's going to be 12 points of damage. Okay. I didn't hear any spell resistance before, so I'm hoping that all goes through. And now my... Reflex save. 16. Your book stuck to the mimic. Motherfuck. So you can make a strength check as a standard action to pull it off on your next turn. Yep. But it's stuck fast as if super glued on. Unless the mimic's undead, which I know is... It's the mimic's turn... It's going to, um, well, it's going to constrict Eclipse. That's 10 points of damage, and it's going to move. I think it can still five foot when it's grappled. I'm not positive. They can't move. Oh, yeah. So he'll just stay. Um, and that's, that's what it's going to do, because it's grappled with you, so it doesn't have... I mean, I guess it could slam Matumbe at a penalty. Actually, that's what it'll do. All right. I don't think a um, 20 hits. No, sir. I got friends around me. (laughs) Doesn't matter if they're grappled. That was the mimic's turn. I would help you, but I don't think bodyguard would... I, was I don't like the f- 
Yeah, to use So you that, have the paralyzed yeah. condition, Ikmer, and the mummy comes up to you. Yuck. And attacks you. Natural 20. Oh, <gasps> God, this is going to be really bad. Oh, no. Okay, I'm rolling to confirm. Well, don't. Uh, that's a 22 to confirm against your paralyzed, uh, which means flat-footed and denied your dex bonus AC. Makes it by two. Right. I'm not going to ask what health you are at because um, I don't want to know. Okay. Forty-seven points of damage. Oh Oof. boy! Uh, make a. Um, okay. Make a fortitude save. All right, my only good save. <laughs> All right, oh, my only super, good super save. tense moment, and Brooks just drops his, his shit. Drops his shit off the table. Alright, 18 on the die uh, brings it up to a 27. Okay, you think you're fine. Eclipse. You have a two-handed weapon. You can't attack this until you break out. Are you able to wield it one-handed? It's a larger category for her. Sure. Also, isn't that... Well, you... Axe, can you like, do that at like a significant penalty? Uh, yeah, I think you can, but it needs to be a one-handed weapon. That's oh, the issue. okay. It's, yeah. it's it's a flat two-handed weapon before yeah. even. Okay. And doesn't she have the ribbon on her wrist? She does. That's why she's able to wield it really in the first place. Oh, okay, cool. but it's a two-handed weapon. Cool. Yep. So you're really stuck to it. Not for long. So I'm going to start. I guess. Okay. So I've got a decision to make. I can either do damage on it and then get away and leave you all. Or I can heal myself and move. Those are my two options. Because I'm at six health, and if I stay here without healing myself, I'm going to die. Like, straight up, I will die. Heal yourself. Right. But all the, or I could run away. Because well, there's, I'm on the stairs. Well, that's, I, I think that's, that's a, that's a you answer. Like, what would Eclipse do? I don't think we have any say in that. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I was more just laying out what's facts. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Those are facts. Those are the two things that can happen right now. Yeah, net, net 20 from a power attacking mummy is not nice. No, it's no, real bad. No. Question uh, for the the GM. Sure. If I'm grappled and I make a touch spell attack, do I have to like roll? Concentration? Yeah. Yes. All right. With that in mind, going to go ahead and give that lobber a point of influence. <laughs> You're in trouble now Oh this looks like a bad situation for us What do you want me to do E? Freedom of movement Get out Alright let's get out of here then 
So what's right? What do the stairs go down? The stairs go up into another room. Freedom of movement doesn't prevent attacks of opportunity. It, no, it doesn't. I don't think so. But but you can full withdraw, right? Giving the lopper influence isn't an action. It's a free action. I it's believe. a swift. Yeah, swift action. So you can still full retreat. Full retreat. All right. So gonna full withdraw straight up the stairs. Up into this platform? Eclipse, you see many jars and baubles scattered throughout the room. There are several open crates that appear to have housed living occupants. That's what you see moving up here. And it's Lyra's turn. Heel check on Ikmer. I rolled a natural 20. Okay. What's your health at? 35. Oh, that's better than I thought it was going to be. I was at nearly full health. I was very happy about that. Even with that information, Ikmer still took a horrendous blow from the mummy. So, And Lyra does not want to provoke. Lyra will provoke from either of those squares. But she would provoke from the mimic? Yes, she would provoke yes. from the mimic. So she's going to take a five-foot step back closer to the mimic and then cast defensively. Oh, well, casting defensively, you won't Ikmer. provoke either way. Yes. So it doesn't matter where you go. I still want to be closer to the mimic than the uh, than the mummy. Yeah, that's probably a good call. Uh, so she's going to cast Cure Moderate Wounds on Ikmer. Roll your cast defensively check. Yes. Okay. That is 18 points of healing to Ikmer, and she says, The water washes away the pain. You're clean now. Ikmer, you're still paralyzed. I am, but only for one more round. Matumbe, your book is stuck to the mimic going to be one of those fights uh one of those fights where i start churning through gear um (laughs) (laughs) your book was broken anyway your book was broken fuck it just give the mimic that book it's fine right so uh matumbe is going to free action drop his shield and then uh move action draw his Monk's spade. Effectively, this is just a big shovel. I yep. looked that up. Does not provoke an attack of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's going to look at this effectively uh, giant walking coffin and say, "Looks like it would take a grave digger to put you back in one, huh?" And he's going to t- <laughs> take an attack with the monk's spade. That's great. Thank you. Natural 15, that's going to be a 23. That'll hit. Sweet. Nice. Roll a reflex save with this. All right. I will do that in one second. After I do max damage, 20 points of damage. Okay. Remember when I said I was churning through gear? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Which you get oh, I got three no. on the die, so yeah, uh, your not going to do it. is stuck. There goes the <laughs> It's so fucking stupid. It's the mimic's turn. Um, it can see the situation. 
it's in. I don't think it's very intelligent, though. And um, it, it's just been hit twice by this man in front of it, so it's going to attack back. It's no longer grappled, so it no longer takes that penalty. Ooh, um, 25 to hit. Oh, it definitely gets me. Okay, so first things first, you take... So you're grappled with it now. Um, So you're going to take... Ooh! Oh, buddy, I'm sorry. That's max damage. Oh, no. On both the slam and the constrict. Uh, So that's 28 points of damage. Ooh! Is there an owl in here? <laughs> You'd think. Uh, it's it's now, you know, under the grapple con- condition again, as it has Matumbe grappled. It's the mummy's turn, and Ikmer's still paralyzed. So it's going to power attack Ikmer. Natural two won't. Well, it is also dazzled. Yep, I have the dazzled okay. on. Um. Yeah, natural two won't do it. I don't think unless you're uh, flat-footed. Dex minus AC is a uh, fourteen. It is not. Okay. Um. And then it's going to five foot up to Lyra. <gasps> oh no! <laughs> Eclipse, you're upstairs. You've given the Lopper a point of influence. What are you doing? I am going to mend my own flesh. Oh, are you now? Okay, so you heal up a little bit. That's your standard. Are you moving at all? What? What have I seen in this room? You see a bunch of jars and a bunch of crates that have like those telltale holes in the side as if they once carried living inhabitants. But I don't see anything living currently. Make a perception check. Natural one. <laughs> you don't nice. see anything. No. Okay. Okay. We're uh, on fire. Yeah, you guys are really slaying here. <laughs> when Matumba is your primary damage dealer, you party in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess f- for now, I I mean, I heal myself up a little bit. Okay, so are you moving at all, or are you staying upstairs? Yeah, I was thinking, I guess I'll go right back down the stairs I came up. Okay. And I'll be right there. Sounds good. Lyra, you are between a sarcophagus and a mummy. (laughs) Or a rock at a hard place. But to Lyra's left, there is a door. Is it open? It is open. That's where you guys came in. Yay. First off, Lyra will re-up her singing. Okay. Lyra was eyeing the nice open entryway uh, without any enemies in it. But now that the mummy has moved up next to her, she doesn't want to pull the enemy into a new room. Just by herself. Yeah, and she re-upped that singing, so she can't full withdraw. Yep. With the remaining of Lyra's turn, she takes a five-foot step out the door. 
Okay. Ikmer, your paralysis wears off. All right. I'm going to take a couple of swings at the Mumi. Okay. Get that, Mommy. Oh, I don't have my polymer dice. I forgot to pick it up. All right. Gold is going to be my first attack. Okay. Uh, Does a 23 hit? 23 hits. Fantastic. Next one. 19 on the die. Is that a critical threat? It is. Roll to confirm. Remember, it's at your second bonus. Force. All right. 11, and then I need the, what, plus 6 to... Plus 4. Plus 4? All right. Well, then 15. Does not confirm. Darn. Okay. But it still hits. So uh, I'm still hopeful... Pretty bad damage, but still damage nonetheless. For 16. 16 total? Total. Between two... Uh, uh, sorry. Do you want them separate? Yeah, give me them separate, please. Okay. Uh, first one is going to be nine. Next one is going to be seven. Okay. Next in the order is Matumbe. Matumbe is grappled. Uh, I don't think I ever rolled anything on this mummy. You did not. Knowledge, uh, religion? Yep. Okay, that's going to be a 19. You get one question. Special defenses. It has DR. Okay. Uh, Matumbe is going to shout to Igmer. I know they have some sort of damage reduction, but I do know, I do not know what. Use your tankard! Um, and then Matumbe is grappled by this mimic. Remember when I said it was going to be a war of attrition with my gear? I have lost my book that is stuck to it. I've lost my gauntlet that is stuck to it. And now I have lost my monk's spade, which is stuck to it. Matumbe, as a move action, pulls out his plus one mithril dagger and stabs with his plus one mithril dagger. Okay. Oh, fucking Christ. No, it's grappled. Maybe a 16 does it. That does. Sweet. 14 points of damage, and then I'll roll my reflex save. Don't worry. The book clangs to the ground. The speed clangs to the ground, and the coffin warps into this puddle of an amalgamation of limbs and then just tongue and then just kind of... This black goo. Oh, that is one mini. I am very happy to take off the board. All right, that's Matumbe's turn. I need everybody but Ikmer to make me a will save. What is this regarding? Fear? This is a fear effect. Everybody gets a plus two morale bonus. Haley, I'm sorry. Did you come down the stairs? Like, are you next oh, to me? Oh, yeah. I'm Sweet. Next to you. Okay. Um, not mind affecting, though, just fear. Right? It's a paralysis, mind-affecting fear. Matume ain't afraid of no undead. That's a 27. 27? You're okay. Lyra has stared this creature in the eyes, and she's hoping a 19 is good enough. It is. Yes! With a natural 2 on the die, that was uh, a 15. You are paralyzed with fear. 
So I believe this adds, cool. a, adds another uh, thing to the lopper um, point of influence. And Zoinks. you're paralyzed for three rounds. But now it's the mummy's time to shine. The mummy sees uh, positive energy being thrown around. That ain't cool. Takes a five foot step and attacks Lyra. Yeah, that's a 30 to hit. Yeah. It deals 22 points of damage, and you need to make a fortitude save. 18? You think you're all right. Oh, boy. That's the mummy's turn. Eclipse, you're paralyzed. You doing anything about that? I could do it again. I could give another point. I'd be at three. <laughs> it's the beginning of the mm. day, too. We got a long time. Oh, we're going right back to the sun goes back up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we, got, we got like 18 hours before that sun's coming back up. Yeah, we, uh, we've been awake for maybe 20 minutes. <laughs> All right, fuck it. Lopper, uh, I need help. Where do you want to go? <laughs> oh, this guy's really doing a number on you guys. You think you're going to lose one of your friends? I think so. Want to place a bet? Uh, what would you want to bet? I don't know. I bet you point of influence. If one of them dies, <laughs> then I get two. Take a step up, and I'm gonna swing at it. Okay. Um, 13 on the die? Well, 13 total? No. I, I want you to put that in the jail, please. What the hell are you doing, Haley? Yep. Yeah, just put it in jail, please. Uh, Jeremy, who sent us all sheets, I'm using your dice jail. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's Eclipse's turn. Lyra... I used a point of influence and did nothing. You are face to face with this mummy. You know, it'd be cool if you threatened with a melee weapon. <laughs> uh, it might be better if I uh, cast a lot of positive energy on this mummy. I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, can I use one of my harrow cards on a cast defensively check? You can, if you have one. I do. I have one more uh, neutral card, so I could get a plus five to cast... Cure serious wounds, pump a ton of positive energy into this mummy. Okay. And that's what I'm going to do. Okay. Roll the cast defensively at an extra plus five. Because I used my card, I succeeded. All right. Make a melee touch attack. And it needs to make a will save. Don't you need to hit it with a touch attack first? Yeah. Ah. Yeah, it can be a lot of rolls. Yeah, what could go wrong? I need this to work. 27. How's that even possible for you? I rolled an 18. <laughs> All right, that hits. That seems oh. wild. Oh, no, I think, seems... I think it would be a, uh, sorry, 25. With an 18 on the die, you still get it. Yeah. It's, it's touch AC. 
so now I make a will save, correct? Yes. Alright, that's a 18. That doesn't succeed. Alright. Nice. 18 points of positive energy damage. And okay. Lyra is just going to keep on singing. Alright. Ikmer. Alright, he is going to uh, take a five foot step forward. So he is uh, in line with the doorway, potentially setting up a flank. Everybody knows that uh, Ikmer's not very smart, but he has tactical knowledge. Debatable. <laughs> Sometimes. Depends how drunk his handler <laughs> is. Oh, uh. Retcon that just a little bit. He's gonna drop his. Uh. Drop his, his sword, sword. Pull out his tanker. Pull out the tankard. As a move action. A and move, so. Yeah. yeah. You know, folks are clamoring for you to take blade and tankard style. 16 on the die. So that uh, brings it up to a 23. 23 will hit him. That does all of six points. All right. Of uh, adamantine. It all goes through. Yeah. Next in the order is Matumbe. All right. So Matumbe is standing in a square that is littered with his gear, his shield, his shovel, his book but he still has that dagger in his hand. It's the same dagger that he used to jump into the swamp and stab a blood caiman in the head with. Uh, it's the same dagger that he's gotten away with a lot of cool stuff with this thing. It's Phrasma's holy weapon. It's Phrasma's holy weapon, and he's got an undead standing right in front of him. He's going to try and jam this dagger into this guy. It's a 16 off the die. That's going to hit. Yep, that'll do. And he does maximum damage with Phrasma's Holy Weapon. That's 15 points of damage. All right. Still, that burst of positive energy. Did not like that. Oh, no. Of anything that hit it, that was the worst. And it was hit with adamantine. Critical threat. I'm going to die. You don't know that. Oof. You're probably going to die. 25 to confirm. Yep, that confirms. It's not good. No. Oh, no. How much were you hit with, Brooks? 40-something. Yeah, 47. But this time he wasn't power attacking, right? Oh, he was totally power attacking. <laughs> she might be permadead with with that sort of hit. We'll see, though. We'll see. All right. 35 points of damage. <sighs> Lyra falls to the ground, but there's still a little bit of life left in her. Good. Make me a fortitude save. <laughs> <laughs> So wildly ruthless. <laughs> Man, you, you really weren't taking your time with the whole drink pole thing, were you? 
Oh, yeah. This is really, uh, I, I regret getting this drink. Uh, that's a 20. Okay. You feel okay for now. Eclipse. Your friend just went down. The mummy slammed an arm, almost like a stiff arm, into her, and you saw it bust her shoulder, breaking her collarbone clean. She spins around in a circle and falls to a heap on the ground, the bone jutting out of her shoulder blade, or out of out of her collarbone, spraying blood. I'm going to try and hit the mummy. I have stabilized, but I think that's a better call right now. Hopefully you don't die because of this, but I'm going to try and hit the mummy. You're the only one with stabilized, so... To hit? Yeah. Miss. Lyra. Is it Lyra's turn? Yep. Lyra's vision starts to swim and the colors in the room fade to a bluish green. The force of the blow twists her, but she's still able to see Ikmer, Eclipse, and Matumbe. But as she falls, her vision starts to shift. So Lyra enters a watery world. But in this one, she still needs to make a constitution saving throw. All right. I rolled an 18 and my con bonus is a plus two. So that's a 20. And then... What is the check against? It's like double. 10 plus how negative you are. All right, only if, so I'm negative four, so that would only be a 14. So you're stable. Yes. Ikmer. All right, he's got that cup out. He's got to swing twice. Oh, uh, the gold die is going to be the first hit. All right, all right. Does a. 19 hit. No. Does a 20 hit? No. The singing is still echoing. Do we want to try that again? Does a 21 hit? Yes. Fantastic. Then I definitely know that a 22 hits. It would seem so. All right. Well, that is going to be eight points of damage from the first hit and then 12 points of damage from the next. All adamantine. Nice. It all seems to go through. Matumbe. Matumbe is going to take a five-foot step, kind of rotating around this mummy to set a flank with Ikmer, and he's going to stab out with that dagger okay it's 21 21 will hit a 21 is gonna hit and he's gonna do some damage here unfortunately with the dagger that's min damage but that doesn't mean a whole lot that goes up to 12 points of damage okay the mummy the mummy attempts to coup de gras Lyra so it gets attacks of opportunity. Everybody gets an attack of opportunity. Please kill it. And Lyra's song is still echoing. 
Eclipse hits. Natural 19 is a critical threat. Roll to confirm. Do I add a plus four? Please. I will add a plus four to this confirmation roll. <laughs> All right. Does 17 hit? Uh, no, it does not. It does not. 17 points of damage. 17 points of damage and Matumbe. Uh, and I don't think a 19 confirms. No, a 19 will not confirm. But max damage brings it up to 15 points of damage. So Eclipse, the battle axe from Eclipse comes into this mummy's back, severing its arm from its shoulder as Matumbe's dagger swings low, hitting it in the side of the kneecap, crippling that knee. It has bent over Lyra, attempting to rip her throat out and it collapses on top of her and you see the body within the bandages dissolve into dust and you hear a clink on the ground as a ring rolls out of the wrappings what do you do here here, Lyra I'll I'll use these bandages to, to heal up this wound here uh, d- does anybody have a potion? Uh, we just found two potions. Hey, you're dead. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I do take the notes, though. That's the worst part about you dying. <laughs> we have two potions of Cure Light, a potion of Cure Serious, and Lyra has on her body a potion of Cure Moderate. I mean... It's Cure Serious. Yeah, so let's yeah. just shove a Cure Serious down you. your throat. Tumbe slams the, the dagger into his belt. He grabs the the cure serious, pours it down your throat. Um, what's the dice on that? Is that 3d8? Yes. Okay. Plus the caster level. Which is f- for the for the potion what? I think it's... Eh, don't quote me on this. I think it's like five. <laughs> okay. Or no, it might be eight. 3d8 plus eight. Well, I got 14 off the die. Well, I just got Cure Serious at, I think I just got level. Did you get it at five? Yeah. I think you did. Yeah. yeah. I was right so. on my first one. 3d8 plus five. Um, can I do a religion check on the mummy? Yeah. I have a natural 20, uh, so 30. Um, I would like to now know uh, what are its special attacks? There's a reason I want to know this. Um, it has a slam, uh-huh. which it can power attack with, uh-huh. as you saw used to deadly effect with two crits. Its slam deals a disease called mummy rot. Uh, this isn't more? your usual disease. Can it's I a know disease. more about this because yeah. I got a 30? Yep, it's a disease and it's a curse. The only way to remove mummy rot is to successfully cure disease and within the minute successfully remove curse. How to know if someone has mummy rot? You'd want to make a heal check or maybe a spell or knowledge arcana or something on them uh, because it's also a curse. Um, you know the onset is not immediate, but it is swift. And it does 1d6 con and 1d6 charisma damage every time it happens. Matumbe, Ikmer, we need to check 
everyone who got hit by this mummy right now. It's these things leave a nasty, nasty disease. I I was only attacked by the mimic. Uh, I can help take a look at the people who actually got hit though. So, uh, Ikma, you're up right now. Let's take a look. Did you get Did you get hit? I'll I'll take myself under my armor and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I could use your help looking at my you know back and stuff. So, so Ikmer strips do down. <laughs> Ladies, look away. <laughs> Uh, Matuma's gonna do a heal check, I guess. Yeah. Uh, or my Arcana, heal... whatever's higher. Oh, Arcana's way higher. My heal was garbage, so. My Arcana would be a 20. You don't think he's showing signs of the disease. You see where he got hit, and it's it's bruising, but it doesn't look like it's um, spreading. Hurry, put your clothing back on. I think you're okay. Let's check out the women. Okay. I didn't get hit. So. I've get already hit. seen Lyra's uh, calf, so... No, that's very indecent. Lyra just <laughs> gurgles blood during all of this. We we did a cure serious. Yeah, you're fine. What, yeah. What, I got 14 what? off the die plus 5 would bring would, is 19 points of healing. Ah, okay. And I wrapped you in mummy ba- bandages. That didn't help. That's going to make it worse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna do a knowledge arcana on my friend Lyra. I rolled really poorly. Uh, 15 total. I'll, I'll you don't do see anything check. wrong. You look to be okay. Uh, 16 for your heal check. 12 for my arcana, so. I didn't make a heal check. I can make a heal check. Do you have arcana? Yeah, I have heal and arcana. So, like, as Lyra kind of figures out where she's at, pushes the mummy off of her body. Well, it's just wrappings now. Oh, Okay. Mm. Shoves all the wrappings and the wrappings that Ikmer tried to place on her. She knows enough <laughs> to know that that's not going to help. She's going to do a heel check on herself and look at her own wounds. Only a 13. Yeah. Still not good. You guys really aren't sure. And Lyra can see, I mean, it's maybe fading, but where her collarbone got hit, she has this massive hematoma this huge purple and yellow bruise and it starts to burn after about a minute and she seems worried and it it seems like the blood is kind of moving down her chest a bit but then she feels she feels okay she doesn't feel um she doesn't feel drained. That mummy was an awful foe. I I think I'm okay, though. It's hard to know if that deadly blow is what's causing the burning sensation or if it's some sinister disease. I think we'll just have to wait, but I'm optimistic. Matumbe offers Lyra his hand, like, let's get you stood up. And once once Lyra is standing up, he he looks across the, the party and says, This this encounter was a difficult one for us. I think we should take a couple moments to observe the room, to look at maybe what the mummy was carrying on his person. But remember, we are on a timetable here. Larry is in danger. His brother is out there, 
and there are also agents of this foul faction whispering way about. We need to get ourselves up to fighting focus right now and get moving. So, would you like to spellcraft the ring? Absolutely. 100%. Or does Eclipse just want to grab it? Yeah, Eclipse should. I'll touch it. Eclipse holds the ring in her palm, much like... um, much like Bilbo Baggins does the first time he finds the one ring. And it burns in our eyes with the Osiriani sun. And then we fade and she's looking at the sun over Osirian. And she stands and sees... And she stands and sees great pyramids before her. Looking down, she's adorned with jewelry in gold and silver and platinum. Symbols of ancient deities on her garb. And she's kind of robed in this scene. She descends down a great staircase, looking back for a moment, a mighty throne, and a man with half of a mask sits upon the throne, wielding a golden scepter with the head of Anubis on it. She takes one look back as... The guards close behind her, and then we fade back. Mechanically, this is a Ring of the Ram with 47 charges. Want to hear a little bit about what this bad boy does? I think Eclipse felt it, actually, right? She did feel it. The Ring of the Ram is an ornate ring forged in hard metal, usually iron or an iron alloy. This one is gold. It has the head of a ram as its device. The wearer can command the ring to give forth a ram-like force manifested by a vaguely discernible shape that resembles the head of the ram or a goat. This force strikes a single target, dealing 1d6 points of damage. If one charge is used, 2d6 of 2, 3d6 of 3. Treat this as a ranged attack with a 50-foot maximum range and no penalties for distance. The cool part is the force of the blow causes a bull rush effect. If the recipient is within 30 feet of the ring wearer, the ram is large and uses the ring's caster level as its base attack bonus with a strength of 25. This gives it a combat maneuver bonus of plus 17 if you use one charge, plus 18 if you use two charges, and plus 19 if you use three charges. Pretty nifty. Yeah, it's a sweet item. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. Eclipse will slip that on her finger. I mean, we could use some range, so... Yeah. Range bull rush, baby. But realistically, you find some more preserved creatures... Um, Something looks like a jar, maybe full of ectoplasm, which is interesting. But it doesn't appear that anything else is moving in this room. 
Hey guys, um, at one point I went up the stairs. There's another room upstairs and it looks like something came out of the boxes up there. I'd kind of like to check it out. Were those uh, boxes empty or are we like yeah, expecting? Yeah, no, they, they were oh, empty. Okay. So I'm going to head upstairs. I, I just I just would like uh, some backup just in case. I don't know. Sometimes it gets a little spooky, especially with everything going on. Oh, are we in a condition to move? Where's everybody at? We only hear Lyra, I think. I'm not in a great place. And I don't know if my healing is enough, even with the potions, to bring us back up. I don't know how much farther we're going to be able to move. I mean, I, I feel pretty fine. Eclipse, while you and I just go up and then while, uh, well, we'll yell down if, if we need help. Okay, guys? Also, it's, it's just a really small room. And so if we want to like hang out and heal or whatever we want to do, I'd rather know what's on top of us before just sitting down. By all means, go ahead. So yeah, we'll go up the stairs. Okay. You go up the stairs. And you see what I described. Uh, you know, it's it looks like there's some crates, some of them open, that have those clear air holes in the side as if there was something living in them. You see a lot of jars and, um, and knickknacks up here. Uh, on the table up here, there are three um, opaque black bell jars kind of sitting lined up. Anything else of note? Because I'd like to just do a search to see if there's anything useful up here. And then I want to check out those bell jars. Yeah. General perception for me. Seven, which will probably do nothing. 23. The 23, you find a bag. You touch it and immediately notice it's magical. It is a handy haversack. Nice. Ooh, good. Now I want to check out whatever these jars are. <laughs> Again, they are opaque and black. When you, uh, I imagine you like touch them and maybe move them around. Uh, you can hear like liquid slosh inside, but you can't see what's in them. Which means I can't do a spellcraft, or can? No, you can't. You can't see anything inside them. Uh- I, I they do have lids, but you know what I mean. There, I, w- I would like to scoop all three up and and bring them downstairs for my use or my uh, magic detector group to tell me what type of magic these could be. Okay, so you bring them downstairs. You and guys I'll are all the bag. You guys are all downstairs. Maybe you throw them into your handy haversack, your new handy haversack, and take them downstairs. Ikmer is uh, very skeptical during this process. He he ha- has seen a lot of creatures come to life in strange ways today. So he's he's on guard. Okay. So are you detecting magic, Lyra? Yeah, she would detect uh, magic and kind of focus to figure out what uh, auras are there. You can't detect magic on these. 
upon further inspection, you realize that the opaque nature is a very thick lead paint. Someone didn't want us to be able to detect magic through here. They've coated it, so I can't see anything. I have no idea what's in there. This must be really powerful then, right? We should keep them just in case. As long as you can make sure they don't accidentally get opened, it could bring us a lot of harm. Or really good fortune. And Eclipse, with that, Eclipse is going to put them in her handy haversack and throw it across her shoulder. Okay. I, I guess as long as you can secure them, I, I guess that's okay. What is the plan here? Are you going to open them later? Desperate times might call for desperate measures, and if nothing else is working, maybe this can help. We've found a lot of funny things all along the road. Who knows? Alright. So you guys explore the upstairs, you explore this room. What I've told you is basically what you found. The only door remaining is to the northwest. Okay, and then um, I still need to heal a little. Is there any heal group healing? Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you guys uh, heal after you finish your drinks? Because we'll oh. see you next time. Uh, oh. That makes a lot of sense. I knew it. Uh.